This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Luminato and Beck Lee, where we dig into the messy reality of making art that matters, raw and real conversations about being an artist, navigating the creative process, and expressing our honest and sometimes weird selves. Michelle? Yes? <laughs> you, you've dragged me kicking and screaming to this recording. I would like it noted for the record. I said, <laughs> I said I didn't want to talk about this. And you said, let's just hit record. Let's just talk about it. And see what happens. I've talked about being in a transitional period with my work. I think that's a very lovely euphemistic way to describe it. <laughs> I'm laughing with you, not at you, because I've sure. definitely had moments of transition myself. Yes. <laughs> that's what you write on the bio on your website. In a transition period, exploratory phase. (laughs) Yes, exactly. What does that actually look like? Well, I think I have hinted at it before when we talked about (laughs) swamp monsters and primordial goo. But I have been trying to, I don't know, evolve my work in a way to introduce new elements. Well, that's what I thought I was trying to do. I had Mm -hmm. a particular approach and some techniques, and then there was this additional element that I thought yeah that's really going to bring the extra layer to my work and I started off like little red riding hood starting on a beautiful (laughs) sunny day going making her way into the the green forest the birds were chirping and then soon it became darker and the birds fell silent the the wolf came the trees became really (laughs) ominous and looming and so on (laughs) that's a dramatized (laughs) presentation of me in my studio so I had you know I've just been having a series of failures basically I call them failures they feel like failures where I have an idea of something that could work that could make these two elements work together I go to the studio I do up a couple of examples of that and then I look at them and I just hate them they're horrible Mm -hmm. I just want to throw them in the trash And then I go away and I think some more, how can things come together? What are the different ways I can layer this work or sizing materials? And then I, oh, I've got a brilliant idea. I've got a brilliant idea. I can see this working perfectly. And then I come to do it in practice. And again, it's another horrible mess. It's just, I feel like I'm banging my head against the same brick wall repeatedly. And that's what you made me come and tell everyone in public. So now I hand it over to you. Okay. Now, just a small confession that I have had those moments too. So this isn't a let's torture Beck episode, even though that would be really fun. Um, I I just have to say that the reason why I want to talk about this is because I think it's it's quite common. If I've had it happen and Beck's had it happen, I'm guessing there's a lot of other people that it's happening to or will happen to or has happened to, especially when we're discovering or evolving our work and we're going through transitional optimistic periods of like this can evolve there's a huge waiting in waiting is in like you're in the murky swampy area of Mm. you aren't certain what it looks like you have kind of ideas or concepts maybe possibly maybe not even that but you you're revolving your work and so you go into the studio with I think hopeful expectations And again, I want to put the word expectation out there because we do have these expectations and we're hoping that we're going to go in there and it's going to produce this idea. And when it doesn't result in that, then we feel like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to get there? And so there's this Mm -hmm. sadness and disappointment that that experience didn't give us that thing. 
And I I almost feel like it's this like learning to grieve along the way about yeah. these expectations that aren't manifesting yet. And I will say that there was a point where I started working in more more of my geometrics that had a lot more value scale and gradients and lots more complex, much more complex. And technically I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this and then I go in the studio and it was painful back like Mm -hmm. so painful so painful I recorded a 10 minute video of me explaining to myself what I did so that I could remember hoping that oh my gosh am I ever going to be able to do this again because it's still not right but I did make progress that's another um kick in the guts as well I have to say when you (laughs) so it's one thing to go in there and make things that are just entirely horrible and then you have this one outlier piece you come back the next day and you're like oh that was amazing but how on earth did that happen how did that happen just note to self recording on video it it wasn't that that you useful for myself. What was useful was to do it again, do it again, do it again. The thing that's tricky is that when you work on different materials, you get different results as well. I found that I was having to change the rules, my own rules, by the way, no one gave me these rules. I was having to change the rules of what I was doing or how I approached it within terms of maybe what kind of paints, what kind of um, surfaces and substrates I worked on. So I think we have to be really open to that. But being okay with disappointment, I think, is is really mm. tricky. Because the disappointment gives us, this, like you said, it's a bit of a gut kick blow. Kick in the guts. Or yeah. Kick in the guts. It's like, it just, it doesn't feel good. We want to make art and we're like, we just want to feel good. Mm. But sometimes we have to make stuff that's, just unsuccessful but I think that there's a process that happens where we can start learning what we don't like oh I'm learning a lot about what I don't like Michelle I have volumes of stuff that I don't like good 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 (laughs) and I you know and this is the thing like if I said to Beck show me what you have there's a very good chance that I would actually like what I'm seeing this is where it comes to personal taste and satisfaction as well because it may be disappointing to back in that moment but to me as a viewer it might not be disappointing so it's it doesn't necessarily mean that the work is bad or unsalvageable Mm -hmm. but it didn't perform I think that we sometimes make our art perform sometimes we go into it expecting it to behave a certain way and and the thing that we forget is that it it has its own way of surprising us and if we don't be really open to that and let those things happen, that it can't really evolve beyond this one way of doing it. You know what I mean? Like it really is this partnership. And so I would say the other part to this is getting a little bit of distance from those experiences mm. in the sense of physical distance, time distance. I am a big fan of don't throw them away, just put them aside because what I've found is that sometimes in that moment, I'm mad at it. It doesn't work. But then later, <laughs> like six mad months later, super <laughs> yeah. mad at it. Then I look back and I'm like, oh, you were kind of cool. Why didn't I like you again? I forget. I find that can happen even overnight. I can just be absolutely disgusted with something before it's even dried. And then <laughs> you're giving it a real fair chance. Yeah, yeah, just like oh, <laughs> and then I can come out the next morning, and now the layers have dried, and oh, okay, yeah. 
oh, that's not so bad. (laughs) (laughs) But see, that's where we got to give it a fair chance. I think that we don't give things a fair chance. We don't. We really don't. It's like you're supposed to be a performing monkey, you art thing, and you didn't play the song right. I just think that we have to stop judging so harshly so quickly mm-hmm. and to just pause with it for a while. And then also the other part that I think that helps a lot is to build up these experiments enough that you have enough of them in front of you that you can look at as a group and make some assessments too. Yeah, you're a a big believer in lots of studies or experiments and having them. I know that's how you work in the studio. And we see that sometimes when you give us a peek inside your studio on Instagram, you have a lot of papers that are worked up in different gradients. How would you describe it? You have a lot of studies. So yeah, and I think one of the things that I haven't done the best at is explaining what I'm actually doing. What I'm actually looking at through these lenses is to creating this container where I can heighten my awareness. It's not necessarily like always solving that problem right there, Mm -hmm. but to create this container that heightens my awareness to things of scale and tone and color and all these sort of technical things so that I have a a deeper awareness to that. Does that make sense? So by generating multiples, you're just allowing your eyes and your brain to just take in a bunch of different variations Mm -hmm. and just notice subtly what's interesting and what's not, but without any kind of expectation of this is an example I could specifically use. I'm just exposing myself to the full spectrum of ways that this thing could possibly look. Exactly. What's happening through that process is we're learning how to see. Mm. Because again, remember the episode we talked about my experience at art school and, and what the biggest takeaway was. If we can learn how to see... And learn how to see how we see, you know, because it's our lens. It's our opinion of what's happening in the world with what we see in lines and shapes and colors and all these things. So having a heightened awareness to how we see, you become more aware of who you really are. Does that make sense? I think I'm getting it. So when you're creating these things then, these multiple things, how considered and conscious... uh, is it? I go into it thinking I might get some studies out of this that I can use and possibly even sell. You know, that might be mm. a, one thing that happens. But what I definitely want to get out of it is what kind of things can I see through this process that will help me in my whole vision of my work? So that's why if it doesn't work out, I'm not really attached to it mm. because what I'm attached to is is seeing myself more in that process. Mm. And ha- but how do you find yourself in that process? I think it's there's two parts. One is sometimes I feel like there's a slow start where I just sort of go through the motions and then I get a little bored with my own self. It's like I'm talking to somebody in the room like, hey, hey, Art, I'm bored. Are you bored? Let's, <laughs> let's do something a little more exciting. <laughs> let's get a bit feisty with it. Let's be a little bit feisty. So then I will, what I always call, jump off the deep end. And I'm like, well, what, what could possibly be really risky and not work? That's where I go into doing those kind of experiments. So that's definitely part of the process. But then I also 
look at all of those things together as a whole and process Mm -hmm. how am I showing up in the world? I think there's two parts to that probably. One is to do the experiments. The other part is to process those and look at those together separately as a whole and is that like putting things up on the wall and and literally just looking at them all or yeah could be that could be layering them could be photographing them i've learned to slow down and to process a little bit more of what i'm making as well process it internally of like oh this is how i do this kind of thing and this is how i do this your work just shows up like in Mm. that moment you're frustrated because it maybe didn't do what you want it to do but your work does show up through repetition of just showing up and i think one of the things that especially when we're selling our art we kind of quickly speed through it and we're like oh let's bust out another piece or let's go let's go to a canvas now let's do something finished but we don't actually process a volume enough of work to have a heightened awareness to it why i like to really go through these and pull things apart like this is i just i think that heightened awareness builds confidence even though right now you're saying like they're not working but Mm. once you have enough of in front of you where you can start seeing some things some things like you're like huh this kind of shows up i think that seeing ourselves and how we show up in the world is really what i consider almost the most important work like i love to do a painting and have something finished just like everyone else But I feel like the heightened awareness work is the most important part of the work. Mm -hmm. And finding a way to do that on a regular basis is just something that I just, I can't give up because that's really the the process that helps me evolve my work. Michelle and I have something extra we'd like to share with you on this topic of heightened awareness. The day after we recorded the podcast, we were speaking on a member call in the Inspiration Room. And we were able to dig a little deeper on this. Because it was a group call, the audio is unfortunately not as good as our usual podcast recording. Uh, My audio is particularly bad, so apologies for that. But bear with us for this two-minute section. We feel it was worthwhile including because it gives more insight into Michelle's process, which we hope might be useful for you in your studio practice. But I realized there's a process that I have that's an internal process that I'm doing that I don't always articulate. But the short version of this is I am always looking for, and my art school background taught me this as well, and everything that's led to influence my work and how I think, is to bring this heightened awareness to the way I see things. So heightened awareness is like, It's just being more aware to your sensibilities. It's to understand what your nuances are that are unique to you. You have to almost step out of yourself to observe it. Because when we're in it, we're so close. So we need to find a way to make our sensibilities that are unique to us bubble up for ourselves. So you're noticing the way you enjoy certain trends or certain combinations of color and you go, oh, I see that in those 20 pieces, I see that there's like that particular greeny blue transition and I've, that's where my eye goes, become aware of that. Yes, and when you can do enough of it, as in the volume of it, you can see patterns in yourself. You can see things in a way that you're like, 
oh, there I am. Like, it gives me chills just saying that because I can remember the experience. And I think that the process helps you own your own power a little bit more. And you see things that you just can't see without taking in that observation. The other part that I think that happens through that is that we start internalizing things. So I think that the discovery process and internalizing who we are and the reflection on that is is just, for me, it's been really powerful, really powerful. And I didn't realize that I hadn't talked more about that reflection process until Beck was like, what is it that you're actually doing? Something that occurs to me as well is with the volume, it's something that happens in writing. When you're writing something, there's always a, like when you start writing, there's always a period of kind of throat clearing, a little bit saying you want the volume because the first four or five you make might be very self-conscious by doing a volume of it that you start to it's like you know when you say oh that i see myself it's like it's almost like a trick like you're catching yourself so i haven't been to your studio because you're in melbourne and i'm in brisbane i know i would love for you to come to the studio so i've only seen through some videos and photographs on Instagram. So for starters, I have to say my perception then of what that looks like could be really different from reality. What Mm -hmm. I've seen is that you have a real focus on working with color. Color is super meaningful to you. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of the studies that I've seen focus around uh, what appears like using colors in layers and and having transparency and having gradients of color is that what you explore a lot of the time that's definitely and I think we all have these different things that are warm-up things that we do like there's these things that kick us off color Mm -hmm. is definitely one of those things that kind of kicks me off so I check with that first is how do I feel about color today because I think the thing that we forget and why I think it's important to our work is we change and our our point of view is changing as well and Mm -hmm. so I always check with myself I don't necessarily change my point of view from one week to the next but I definitely check with myself on a regular basis on how do I feel about that right now Mm -hmm. and use color to study those things as a point that takes me to a deeper level So I think Mm. that there's the things that we can go to deeper levels in that matter to us that are very personal. And so knowing that I also have given up things that I'm like, yeah, that that part isn't really that important. But like, for instance, shapes, I still feel like sketching and doing these things. So when you talk about um, experiments, doing the studies that help you build awareness of who you are and what wants to be expressed in your art, because I'm just seeing a lot of color gradient stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, you're not doing a sketch or you're not getting out some black ink. And how varied is that? Is there some point in your journey or your career where at the beginning that looked like looking at a lot of black and white sketches, but now it's more focused so that you're really only focused on a particular area that you're interested in? Or do you still do a lot of different stuff and surprise yourself? You know me, I like to surprise myself. <laughs> so here's the thing, I think for me, and I don't know how many other people feel this way, I, I want to be challenged. I like a challenge. I like to surprise myself. I just feel a little bit bored with my work. So I find that I do have to change up what I'm doing. In fact, right now, I'm literally thinking it's time to really get into the sketchbook again. That makes mm. sense? Are you sketching things or more 
just free mark making for me free mark making yeah you know i think that it's it's a good practice though my art school days it was definitely lots of still lifes life drawings but because of Mm. time and stuff it's not one of those things that i spend a lot of time doing but i do like to just sketch freeform shapes that show up on my work so is this kind of like, I think of it like free writing, which is when you sort of mm. do stream of consciousness writing. Is this just like mm-hmm. piece of paper in front of you, quick marks, throw that to the side, another piece of paper, quick marks, you know, 10 of those. Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, definitely. Or it could be in a sketchbook where I'll do maybe smaller thumbnail sizes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I definitely do quantity over trying to find a resolution to one perfected one we've talked about the pressure that we can put on ourselves in the studio that we're always thinking about having that end finished product Mm, and perhaps then a related impulse which i'm running into as well is when you do these studies or explorations always having that very analytical machinery going how is this piece going to show up in something that's sellable how are other people going to react to this particular shape or the way Mm -hmm. that that layer looks like this um just in the last few days when i was explaining this to a friend who's not a practicing artist herself but as i was articulating this which is why it's so so handy often to find anyone (laughs) (laughs) even unwilling spouses who listen to you talk about your process and I realized there's a lot of different questions and challenges that I was trying to solve all at once like Mm. I'm trying out an idea that I've got and I'm also trying to work out how that becomes a complete piece of art or which bit of that becomes a complete bit of art and Mm -hmm. I'm also trying to think is that complete bit of art going to be something that other people are interested in and I'm also thinking about that's a lot of questions I am a big fan of like no it's for me <laughs> you just Michelle says no no <laughs> I I think that's way too complicated and way it, it just puts so much pressure on a piece a a, mm. a sketch a, a, a spill of ink like it's it's yeah, I just think that it's more <laughs> Michelle about... Michelle is dumbfounded. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just trying to find the words to explain it because I yeah. think this goes back to, like, who do we want to be? How do we mm. want to show up? Mm. And for me personally, if I put that much pressure on every sketch and every color I laid down, oh, my gosh, be so uninspiring. I would be... I would feel like a trapped animal in a cage i do feel a bit trapped right now i must admit i must admit (laughs) that's a lot of pressure yeah we've been talking about commitment and having one foot in and one foot out and wanting to jump ship and i think that sensation that i have at times of feeling like oh maybe i should jump ship on this whole thing you've described it really well there because it's a feeling of getting locked in under those different pressures those different questions that are happening all at once and also at that point it's hard to find the joy in the process when Mm -hmm. you have so many it feels like demands it becomes a demanding thing rather than a expression thing and that's where I think we have to slow down to speed up because Mm -hmm. if we can allow ourselves to literally just live in our own work just live in it, live in it, be in it, just do, do, do. 
don't worry about what you're going to do with it. I think we put way too much pressure on what are you going to do with this thing. And I know we want to be like highly productive, contributing to the family, blah, 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 blah. But (laughs) it doesn't, for me, it doesn't work well to do that. It, for me, what works best and when I'm really highly productive is when I literally just make as many mistakes and, and messes as possible, but, but process it, process it, look at it, take it in, look at it all together. Like, how do we become better visual artists? We make work and we reflect on it, right? Otherwise, we're just going for the end result, without actually I really want to say this in a way that makes sense we're going for the finish line but we forgot to do the warm-ups yes so it's like how do you go to the finish line if you haven't even done the warm-ups I'm laughing a little bit because um again your mind is blown you're like how do you even get to the finish line without doing the warm that's inconceivable and Beck's over here going I just want to get to the finish line, Michelle. Stop telling me to do the warm-ups. <laughs> I know. We all we all do. But the truth is it the warm-ups are what make you flexible. And I think that we get into these ideas too of like preconceived ideas of what we think it's gonna be like and what we have to create are these ways to measure, not measure in a hard way, but measure and assess where we are. Mm-hmm. And again, put that together in a way that doesn't have expectations on it. Mm. So what do you mean by measure where we are? Well, for instance, when I did that Instagram where I was working with colored papers and it looked like, what is she doing? She's just cutting up colored papers. That was me sort of processing all this monoprinting work that I had done on color and I wanted to have a closer look at like, well, what do I have in front of me now? What What is here? What's going to bubble up and inspire me to do the next layer of work? As in like, could it be larger? So does measuring does where you are at that point mean that you're looking at that work that you've done and saying, oh, I feel like there's some real strong things that are kind of zinging here for me I've, mm-hmm. I've really got some combinations of color some layering that's really happening and so oh I could be ready to try this new thing or that mm-hmm. thing or a different measurement at that point could be none of this is making sense none of this is feeling feeling like yeah. me so I'm yep. gonna go back and do some more so then totally. you're you're making exactly. like an assessment so, of where you are yes. in your warm-up stage. Yeah, I need totally. to go back and do some more to- go <laughs> hamstrings. Back. So I'll t- and that's exactly right, because in that s- situation, what would have happened if I didn't see those sparks of things that I could carry forward, I would have gone back to monoprinting and made more work and hmm. created more color studies of things that were more interesting. But I did see sparks of things that got me excited that I was like, oh, I could do this, I could do this, and... So if we're not that inspired by it, my answer to that is like, okay, go back and do it again. And that's Mm. where it gets frustrating because you're like, oh, now I gotta go back. It feels like we're going to the back of the line. You're like, I don't wanna go to the back of the line. I wanna go to the front of the line. I did a hundred of these. I wanna move on. No, I've never done a hundred of anything. (laughs) You have, I'm sure. I have, I definitely have. (laughs) But again, it it wasn't that I was wired this way. I was trained to self-evaluate and I don't think that we allow ourselves enough time and I'll say that I do this more now in the last two to three years than I did before we don't allow us ourselves enough time to just play and generate ideas that Mm. 
that may or may not work. Like we're like, oh, we can't. That's not useful. That's unproductive. That's yeah. Not gonna I think pay it me can tomorrow. feel and as we've talked before about um, kind of trying to put dollar values to time and things like right. that. That as a um, visual artist, it particularly can feel what we're talking about as the work that one needs to do can feel like to the outside world it's not actually work and it's self-indulgent in Mm -hmm. some way so like you need to get to the proper work bit and the proper work bit is creating finished is the finish line so they're like why are you wasting time stretching over there you need to be running the race you're wasting time kind of thing yeah Um, but the thing is when you go to the finish line you just it's just quicker at the finish line because yeah you've worked through all these things you know it's i feel like it's much harder to solve all these problems at the finish line oh my gosh the yes. amount yeah. of pressure and level of questions that you have to solve for one i think harder and two i feel like it doesn't get you as far as fast i know that sounds mm. a little um I know it's this saying. whole slowing down to speed up thing yep. that you're talking about. You're getting very um, Stephen Hawking, you know, paradox time <laughs> space. It's getting yeah. very trippy over here, Michelle. You're, I know. You're Is slowing it- down to speed up <laughs> and you're spending more time to get to the end faster. And <laughs> Yeah, because when I do my larger paintings, there's just clarity that comes through. There's just... Mm more and I know you're looking for certainty and I say Mm. you as in we all are looking for certainty but there is more certainty when I've worked through all these ideas of what the possibilities and potential could be so here's Mm. another way to say it is this lens that I'm talking about that that I'm encouraging you to do and other artists to do is is to this lens is looking at all the possibilities you know I've never been good at math Beck but it's 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 a very probabilities odds kind of scenario where <laughs> if you do enough if you do enough hit. it's going to hit i mean if you do yeah. one study and it sucks and you want to go paint a larger version of it you're going to get one bad painting <laughs> if you do 10 of them you get one that you like and you, you like you just your odds are better and so i've yeah. gotten really comfortable with learning my odds and knowing how far I have to push myself. Now, there's been phases where I felt really stuck for a while into the mm. old way of do of the way I was doing things. And so for me, the 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 way out of that was to do buckets and buckets, and and it could be different ways. I mean, it could have was even just digital collage. It doesn't have to be one way of doing it. Mm. It's more of how can you look at as many things as possible so your odds are better. But it's just, yeah, I think it goes back to can you go into the studio with no expectation? Can you Mm. go into the studio without it having to have an outcome that's going to be used for something? Can you go in to see how Beck shows up and makes and observes this thing? Can you do that and do that several times And I think this is the other part, too, is there's certain things that seem kind of boring and repetition. You know, it's like, oh, geez, repetition. I I don't go to the gym because I don't like repetition. Yeah. I think that to to find your best work, for me to find my best work, I had to really just show up and be repetitious about it as well. If Mm. I didn't like it, the next day I was like, try it again. If I didn't like that, try it again. 
And if you did like it, try it again hey, anyway. Try it again. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like nothing so sto- nothing stops. It's not, stops. It's not static. It's not a win or lose either way. No, exactly. It's just, yeah, just just going in there and being as playful as possible. But I think the biggest challenge really in this process is to have these expectations that it needs to be useful. Like there's this attachment to what we want it to do for us. And the more I talk about my work, the more I realize like I'm really not attached to a lot of the stuff that I go in and do, and yet somehow it keeps working. But I don't necessarily go in with the attachment that it will work. Am I disappointed? Yeah, definitely. Is there stuff that sucks? Still, yes. But I just go do it go do it again. There was just two pieces the other day, yesterday. I was like, darn it, that that didn't do what I needed it to do. Guess what I gotta do? Go do it back again and do it again. <laughs> go do it again. Well, you'll be happy to know that you have actually inspired me. I've got a new insight on um, how you view those groups of studies. And you have actually inspired me to go and make a group of, and I already know what I'm going to do. Like you've suggested, I'm actually going to separate it. I'm going to do a group that's just of this particular extra element that I've been trying to blend. I'm going to stop trying to blend it and stop trying to come up with a way that they work together. I'm just going to take one element and I'm going to go do a group of work just playing with that. Absolutely not finished work. Absolutely no expectations. I actually am looking forward to it because I'm going to play. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to play with it. Yeah. And I can imagine (laughs) enjoying it. Good. That's so, that makes me so happy. Thanks for joining us today. We have covered a lot of ground from really struggling in the studio to finding yourself in your work. How do you feel about slowing down to speed up, about doing the warm-ups to get to the finish line quicker and with less pressure? Come and chat with us about it on Instagram at unearthingart. And as always, if you're looking for more about the show or anything we've mentioned, you'll find that all at unearthingart.com. Don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app and we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.